Luke chapter 22, verses 7 through 20, and can be found on page 1637 in the Pew Bible. Luke records, Then came the day of unleavened bread on which the Passover lamb had to be sacrificed. Jesus sent Peter and John, saying, Go and make preparations for us to eat the Passover. Where do you want us to prepare it, they asked. And he replied, As you enter the city, a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Follow him to the house that he enters, and say to the owner of the house, The teacher asks, Where is the guest room where I may eat the Passover with my disciples? And he will show you a large room upstairs, all furnished. Make preparations there. And they left, and they found things just as Jesus had told them. They prepared the Passover. And when the hour came, Jesus and his apostles reclined at the table. And he said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. And after taking the cup, he gave thanks and said, Take this and divide it among you. For I tell you, I will not drink again from the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took bread and he gave thanks and he broke it. And he gave it to them saying, This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, after the supper, he took the cup, saying, this, is, this cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Our, our salvation is, uh, well, it's messy business. As we consider the work that Jesus did for us on the cross, we should think. We should think about the dust and sweat, the torture and the pain, tears and blood. In his love for us, our Savior Jesus Christ endured all these things and more so that we could have the forgiveness of sins, life, and salvation, all that he wants to give to us. So yes, death is a messy, messy business. We see on TV the police dramas, and they tell us that death is indeed a, a messy business. And what we have found over the last 
few years, maybe a decade, we've found these shows that uh, feature forensic scientists, CSI. We have any CSI friends out there? You bet. It's interesting. And these shows often oversimplify the process of solving a crime. They've got an hour to do it. And they do portray death as a very messy business. No matter how hard the criminal tries to clean up the crime scene, there is always blood or saliva or fingerprints or some other form of DNA evidence or particulates, hair or something that's left behind to convict that criminal. Death is a messy business. Now this, this is why an important part of the Christian faith confesses, and rather, excuse me, confuses those that are outside the faith when we say that the blood cleanses us from all of our sins. In fact, in Scripture, uh, in Revelation 7, 14, we come across, we have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Can you see how that would confuse somebody outside the church? How in the world does blood make something white and clean? And anyone who has ever had a nosebleed or even a minor cut can tell you that blood does not make things white ever. That blood does not clean things. That blood makes a mess. The problem that we have is that in thinking like that, we forget about what blood does when it is where it is supposed to be. True, blood makes a mess when it is outside of the body. But when blood is in the inside of the body where it's supposed to be, it does something entirely different. When the blood is inside the body, it brings oxygen and nutrition to the cells in the body, and it carries away the waste products and the cells uh, that, that, that die as part of their life cycle. It, the blood carries it inside the body, and it filters it. It keeps the inside of the body alive. Now, when we consider the cross, we consider the blood that Jesus shed for us for the forgiveness of our sins. And we know that he shed that blood into his death. He shed that blood into his death. His friends buried him in a borrowed tomb. But we also know that he did not remain in that tomb. That we know that he rose from the dead. And that we know that his body is now alive. We know that his body that was once dead is now alive. Amen? His blood that was once dead is a living blood once again. So in this evening's gospel, Jesus did something amazing with his living blood. He gave it. 
to his disciples. And Jesus transformed one of the cups of the Passover meal into a new thing. This evening's gospel tells us that as he gave the cup to his apostles, he said, this cup that is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. So in a way, that, that's a way that we can understand that he joined his blood to the wine of the Passover ceremony, and he gave it to the apostles. Now, as the blood in our bodies brings nutrition to our cells and carries away the waste, so also Jesus, the blood of Jesus, that is Christ in, with, and under the wine, it brings Christ's righteousness to us and it carries away our sins. It cleanses, and it refreshes us from the inside. It gives us forgiveness of sins, life, and salvation. It is the blood that was shed for us and is now living blood. In this evening's gospel, we also learn that Jesus gave his body to the apostles in, with, and under the bread of the Passover ceremony. He said, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the miracle of this meal, Jesus has promised that the body that he gave up on the cross is alive again and given to us in and with and under the bread. Jesus gives us his body and his blood in this way out of a pure, a pure divine love. And also a divine mercy and a divine grace. The truth is we have no merit or worthiness in us. In fact, it is when we are feeling unloved and weak and weary and troubled by our sin and doubt, that is when we need this meal the most. There's no better time to be drawn to our Savior's holy altar and receive this saving feast. This is the hour that you most desperately need to be nourished and sustained and comforted. Jesus said this, this cup that is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. And that word that is translated as covenant, it also carries with it the idea of a last will and testament. In fact, Later on in the service, and every Sunday service, you hear these words again when I say, this is the new covenant in my blood. And the benefit of this last will and testament of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is unique. Now ordinarily, when we are the heirs of a will, the person who drew up the will is, is dead, 
And Jesus was dead, and so the terms of his will went into effect. However, he rose again. He rose from the dead, and so we get to enjoy the benefits of his will in his living presence. He is here in, with, and under the elements. Jesus is here. In fact, it is his living presence, his body and blood, that he gives to us in his estate, his last will and testimony. And at that risk of sounding like an infomercial or a commercial, I'm going to say it anyways, but, but wait, there's more. Every time we prepare for this holy meal, and I say the words, we praise your name and join their unending hymn, these words are to remind us that this meal is a little bit of heaven come to earth. We are not just eating alone. We are not just eating with our brothers and sisters here at Reformation Lutheran Church. We are eating with the whole Christian church on earth and all the hosts of heaven. We are participating in this holy meal with our loved ones who have died in the Lord. It is a foretaste of the feast to come. So when we see and smell and taste the bread and the wine of the sacrament, Jesus is working through his servant, that's me, to put his forgiveness into your mouth in his body and his blood. He invites us to that same table with the disciples, that same table where he says to us, this is my body which is given for you. This cup that is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. And this is the same one The same Jesus who spoke at the beginning of all time in Genesis 1-3, he said, let there be light, and there was light. It's the same Jesus that created the fish and the birds and the stars and the planets and the whole universe with words. This is the same one who stood at the wedding wedding of Cana and immediately changed water into finely aged wine, heavenly wine. Wine that has never, ever better tasted, ever. It's the same one who has done such great things through words that sat at this table and said, this is my body. And with this bread and this wine, we have the body and the blood of Jesus. And we know it because Jesus does it. And what God says he does, he actually does. It's not just a silly thing I say. What promises does he keep? What promises does God keep? All of them. So when he says, this is my blood and this is my body, we got to take him at his word. He's there. So when you hear about his wounds and the blood that he shed this week, remember that this blood, his blood is life for you. That This blood is the forgiveness we desperately need and that we can have true and complete forgiveness in no other way. 
Remember that this is the life blood that he gives to us, that it is his life blood that becomes our life blood. Because of his blood, we have forgiveness. Because of his forgiveness, we have life. In the name of Jesus, amen.